Today on the podcast, we're going to be talking to Sammy Bowler. If you've been watching this channel, you've heard me talk about him. He's one of the best upcoming guitar players on the scene. He spent some time with us today talking about gear, music, and let's get started. It's weird now, right? When you see people like post-COVID, post, you know, pre-COVID, post-COVID now. I saw you right before everything shut down uh, yes. at the last NAM. It was like a month before. Yes. Um, I was just thinking about that right when I was calling. Yeah, it's a totally different world now, man. It's crazy. Well, let's talk about some cool stuff going on now. So you were on tour? You're doing some more touring? I just got home, man. Yeah, everything's kind of back to normal now as far as that goes, at least, uh, at least it seems to be. But yeah, we were out for a couple of weeks doing... Um, uh, I put an instrumental album out actually shortly after when we last hung out at NAMM or whatever, but uh, this was Wait. the first time we got to play it live. So it was a blast, man. We we're out for a few weeks. So so that's the kingdom of the sun, right? Correct. Now that you have the album out, what's the next step? I don't want to just make like a part two to the record I just put out, you know? Um, right. So it's, I'm trying some different stuff and, and write, you know, trying some new approaches to writing and stuff like that. So it's been a blast, man. I, we just did, um, during quarantine, I started a new band too with, uh, it's called Pharaohs, um, with this amazing singer from Kentucky. His name's Cam Clark. And uh, on the tour we just did, he he came out with us. And uh, at the end of the night as the encore, we were trying some of our new songs, which is, it's more of like a traditional rock band, like four-piece rock band. So so uh, we have that album completely done. So hopefully that's going to be coming out uh, early next year as well. So I'm working on like two albums right now, but the Pharaohs record is like pretty much done. So obviously you you made a quick name yourself real fast for your tapping ability. So I've got to ask you, like, who are your tapping influences? You know, Stanley Jordan? Is it, you know, Nuno? Is it Eddie? Is it someone totally different? yeah thanks so much man i think um i don't know i mean i grew up on van halen that's how a lot of i think that's how everybody first gets into tap you know at least all my buddies got into tapping because of that you know you heard, you've heard eruption when you're a kid and that's like whoa how do you do that um so that's kind of how i first started getting into it um i don't really know how like the uh like the arrangements and stuff that i that a lot of the stuff I do now, you know, I really liked a lot of acoustic guitar players when I was a kid too. Like when I was a kid, um, it was like the beginnings of YouTube, like with Andy McKee. And you remember some of those videos, oh, like yeah. with the crazy acoustic guitar and like the movie August Rush. I don't know if you ever saw that. Oh with yeah, Robin of course. Williams. I yeah. love that movie. Yeah. And uh, the guitar player that played all that is named Kaki King. Um, so I, I liked doing some of that stuff on acoustic when I was a kid, um, just as like, uh, I don't know. It was just, it was fun in addition to like, being a metalhead, you know, it was like kind of an interesting contrast, you know? Right. Um, so, I mean, I started as far as like some of the tapping stuff that I, that I, that I'm working on now. Um, I started doing it pretty much like, I don't even know, maybe like four or five years ago. Um, I got off tour and it was kind of like sick of everything I was playing. So I kind of tried to go back and sometimes when you're like in a rut as a guitar player or any musician, it's good to kind of like go to the totally opposite thing that you've, been doing you know and right. try to try to expand on that so 
that's when I just started. I kind of like got back into like a really heavy practicing phase of going, man, I, you know, this is kind of cool. I kind of just stumbled upon it. And uh, I, whenever you find something like that in your guitar playing, it's good to just keep working at it and expand it as far as you can, you know? So that's, I, I just, um, I don't know. I'm, I feel like I've only cracked the surface of it or something. Like I, that's something I work on every day trying to come up with, with new, um, new ways to use that technique, I guess. Everyone has a really different way of approaching that, that same technique. Right. You know what I mean? Some, some come at it like your style is more piano-esque. You know what I mean? You're doing a lot of piano type stuff, but with distortion, which to me is a trickier thing to pull off because, you know, (laughs) (laughs) it is that it takes a lot, you know, it's, that's a very interesting, that's a great question. Um, It's, it's trickier when you're doing um, like multi string tapping and playing melodies with heavy distortion. Like I like to use, it is a different animal you have to really learn you have to really work out what you're gonna do if that makes sense you know like it's hard it's hard to kind of go off the fly, off the cuff live when you have a really really heavy sound and you're and you're doing that some some of that stuff but um for me i always try to i usually when i'm working on those melodies and stuff i usually do it clean first like i try to get it sounding cool with a clean sound and then some riffs like they just they kind of lend better to to being heavy so just kind of try to convert them over i guess that would make That's sense. how I usually do it. Yeah. That would make sense. Like I said, distortion, what's great about distortion, it kind of hides a little bit. But in your technique, distortion doesn't hide anything. It actually accentuates any mistakes you might make. Some because- of it does. I've learned that live, especially after playing some of the music live uh, uh, the past past few weeks on the road or whatever. It was like... Um, yeah, it's that's one beautiful thing about playing live and playing loud and with a band, you know... It it for it brings out different nuances of what you're doing depending on where you are, how it sounds on stage, or you know how your monitors are, that type of thing. So, yeah, it's a constant. Just like any every guitar player goes through that, man. Like, like the the struggle of of uh trying trying to grow, you know, and trying to trying to figure out where you're at. Yeah. So I see you got your guitars behind you. The uh, uh, I love your well, I love both your your uh, your Noho and your your Les Paul. Um, thanks man yeah because it's got the the floyd and the les paul so it sticks out obviously which is nice um, it's an interesting guitar yeah i can i can grab that if you want or yeah. i can grab the noho i think i had the noho when we first met i think remember, I yeah remember i when you showed it you showed it to us i said oh it reminds me of like a an old picket fence in front of like an old like you know worn out church kind of vibe it's got like a i cool, love that yeah, yeah I, I love i remember you saying that yeah it's a cool guitar, man. It's with these guitars. I'm I'm sure you know, like uh, like the Friedman Nohos, they're all like really high flame top or whatever. But this one has that underneath. But we we just kind of put like a like a worn out white finish over it. So that's kind of sacrilegious to a lot of people, like covering up a nice flame top. But I don't know. I thought it was cool. That that's why it is cool. It's cool because right. it's a tease. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And what's cool about it is like the more banged up it gets, like you only get what's underneath, which is really pretty flame top or whatever. So it's a great guitar, man. I, 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 uh, yeah, I love this thing. Well, it's 24 inch scale. You know, it's funny was, um, you know, it's 24 inch scale guitar and sorry, 24 and three quarters. Sorry. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, and, uh, I remember, uh, when you were showing it, I was like, Oh, that's different. You know, cause that's not the normal scale length. And then when later, cause I, you know, you didn't have with you later when I saw a video of you with your Les Paul, and that was kind of like your main axe. I was like, oh, this makes sense. Uh, and I have a, you know, over the years working on so many guitars for players, what I've learned is players 
they don't they can know nothing about guitars it doesn't matter instinctually they just kind of gravitate towards things you know what right. i mean like yep. they don't need to know the anatomy of a guitar you know, my, my comment always is you could take a guitar tech, a luthier, put them in a music store, take a accomplished guitar player, put them in the same music store, tell them to pick out three of the best guitars. And they'll all, they'll all come out with the same guitars. One is going to do it by, like I said, uh, kind of evaluating the anatomy of the guitar and how good the quality is. And the guitar player is just going to play it. Right. So I thought right. that was interesting that you like that guitar and that it's also kind of like your Les Paul. I, I love it. Um, like I, I had played that. I've played that Les Paul for years. I like that's been my main guitar for years. Um, but when I started doing stuff with Dave uh, and doing clinics and stuff uh, like three or four years ago, um, they had just, their guitars were kind of like brand new, you know, and this was a brand new model. And uh, when I saw it at NAMM and picked it up, I was like, oh, this feels great. I didn't even know, kind of like what you just said. Like, I didn't know it was the same scale length as a Gibson or a Les Paul or whatever, but it's like, wow, this feels, this feels awesome. And it's really cool. Like I had never really had a 24 fret guitar before. So having 24 frets with that scale length, like you said, is it's just an interesting, interesting thing. So yeah, it's worked great, man. Um, the nice thing about it too is some people like really like to change guitars on stage. Like I'm not really one of those people. Like I like to stick with one and, and like switching guitars always kind of like throws me off. But what's nice is since they feel so similar, like even though they're, they're completely different axes and body styles and everything, it still feels so close. Like it doesn't, it's it's awesome it's like seamless you know just but it's because of the scale length yeah and that's another thing too about you that's interesting you're a younger player and you tend to like this older type gear which is not normal as well you know what i mean right um, yeah you know i think you're, you're using the small box is that what you're playing through now i use a bu 100 Oh, the so BE100? Um, is that what's behind you is right there is the BE100? That's, yeah, that's a BE100. Yeah, that's I've used that amp like I I go th- I know I know you've gone through it too is like the constant tone search. Every guitar player goes through that, oh, you yeah. know, but as soon as I found that it's like um I don't know, it like something just clicked for me. Like I tried every high gain amp up until up until I discovered that and sometimes you just hit on something where you're like it's perfect. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I I wouldn't change a thing, but um I I'm I'm one of those guitar players that loves to have a really loud amp on stage still, you know. Right. Everybody's different and the technology, I mean the past few years or more, you know, 10 years even has it's grown a lot for guitars as far as like modeling and and all that, but I don't know. You can't beat to me. You just can't beat having like a half stack and, and going for it, you know? Oh, absolutely. I, I want to, I mean, I want to um, love Axe effects and Kemper. I want to like, I I'm jealous of people who tell me they love them. (laughs) Right. I, I, yeah. (laughs) Cause you're like that. You think about how easy your life would be. Right. No, no giant amp, no cabinet, no, right. Everything will be perfect. And there's nothing wrong with those units for me. I absolutely love them. Um, but yeah, I need something that punches a little bit, just a little bit. For me, for me, it's like a feel thing. Um, like I've, I've been in some situations where I've had to, I've had to use like a Kemper or an Axe FX, you know, but you just can't beat the feeling like the actual response, like, you can it's those are those are cool and for some situations they do they do sound good um and i do i don't knock anybody for using them because they're so like you said it's so convenient you know um but one thing i think for live if you're using those running them through a cabinet helps um, a lot as 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 opposed to going like whenever whenever i go see my buddies bands and they're using like a fractal or a temper if they go straight into the pa it's like almost like the guitars are like 
non-existent or something it's weird like even if they're mixed really hot it still feels like super super flat for some reason but it's because there's nothing moving air you know like when you have a cabinet on stage and it's mic'd up it's it's pushing you know so there's something to, there's something to mic up as opposed to just like a line so i don't know for me it's for me I've, I'll, I'll probably always be an amp guy no matter no matter how crazy that technology gets you know i uh I think it's funny now. It actually sucks as an audience member. You go and see your uh, a band that you love and you see the Kempers, you know, and and here's what happens. You go up to the edge of the stage. <laughs> yeah. And there's no volume because they're all coming through their PA and if they have in-ears, it's even worse because there's no yep. stage volume. So you're hearing everything like behind you and on the sides is an echo. And yeah, it's weird. It's weird cuz you're you want to be like, "Yeah, let's rock." And instead you're like, you feel like you're at the library. You're like, I don't want to be too loud. <laughs> Isn't that weird? That always like trips me out about it. it's like all the music we grew up with, all those bands were so loud on stage. So loud. The stage volume was insane, like, uh, you know, way <laughs> different than it is now. Um, and that's but that's like a part of like the danger of, of being in a rock band or like the excitement, you know, like if you went if you went to see like Zeppelin or something and it was like that, it wouldn't I know it wouldn't be the same thing. You know, yeah. if there was no if the only thing on stage was Bonham and Robert Plant singing stage volume, it's like it wouldn't it's just it just wouldn't be the same. You know, Yeah, it's and like I said, and, and that's why I said it's another thing that's interesting that I noticed about you, like I said, you're using bigger amps, bigger cabinets, which helps you, you know, have a great tone, but also, you know, I understand the appeal, especially you're, you know, as a younger musician now, you, you don't have to deal with that stuff. You know, think about this. A lot of us just had big amps. So like, I have to tell you, like, <laughs> I love my Marshall. I love them so much, but I don't play them. I play my Friedman's. Um, right. I, I have my small box and my dirty Shirley, which is my twin sister. It's a twin sister. And oh, um, cool. Yeah, I love the twin sister. I just for some reason the small box uh records super well. Like it does. And, yeah. and my and my world is all about recording, you know, for demos and stuff like that, you know, for for videos. And it just it lends itself to great recording. Um but this this whatever this is, this is just years of me being used to this. So I, I always take notice that like when you started, you were probably presented immediately with options. And you chose those options. You know what I mean? That that is completely true. Yeah, that's that's an interesting. Um, yeah, that's an interesting take on that. And it's it's true. Like when I when I first started, I think the it was like the Pod XT days. You know, that was mod. That was the only modeler. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, which I had one of those when I was a kid. Like before before I really owned a tube amp. It's like that's what I could afford. So it's like, oh wow, you get all these amps. <laughs> you know, in one little thing, but. You're sitting there just going like something's weird here, you know. <laughs> and then when you finally do get to, I think the first real like tube amp I ever got was a fifty-one fifty, like an old block oh, letter one. Yeah. And then you plug into that, it's like, oh, there it, is. you know, there's that's what I'm used to hearing or closer at least, you know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think um, everybody's different. That's that's one of those things where it's like I encourage everybody to try try Absolutely. everything you can get your hands on. I think I think that's important. Um, because not every, you know, my rig my, isn't right for, uh, you know, it, it may not be right for my, for you or my, you know, my buddy next door or whatever, you know what I mean? But, um, it's the same thing with like, sometimes I'm sure you've had this where you pick up your buddy's guitar and you go, how do you even play this thing? The action's like this high off the net, you know, they go, dude, it's perfect for me. It's the same thing with, with amplifiers or effects or anything. Like if you find what's perfect for you, you just, just roll with it, you know? 
Yeah, I think I think it was you. I think you and I were talking at the NAM show about this because uh, I think you've also had this the same experience. I've had I've been fortunate to pick up a few, let's say, quote unquote, rock stars guitars. And I think you were talking about this too. We won't say names. That way we'll keep it, you know, kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah. Cool. Um, and I remember like tell you were saying the same thing as I was, which is like, yeah, you pick them up and you're like, oh, I couldn't play this guitar for like, it was almost like, what the hell's wrong with this guitar? Yeah. And it, it, Cause you know, I think you, you picture in my head, I picture everyone's guitar that, you know, every famous rock star's guitar is the best playing guitar you could probably ever imagine what you'd think right yeah i do remember talking about this with you yeah um, yeah, yeah. yeah that's what you, yeah exactly and, you pick um, and then you pick it up and you're like what you know those strings are yeah it's weird it's like how do they even play this well i can't make it stay in tune but then of course you hand it back and they make it stay in tune perfectly you know my my guitars are like weirdly set up like i have the action so so low that sometimes like my friends will come over and they're like that's too weird i've never played something like that it's too weird you know but for me it's perfect so yeah, I don't know. The as far as like picking up like um I don't know. I've gotten it like like we talked about it now, like I've gotten to pick up some like I don't know, guitars you look at on the screen for years and then you get finally you get to try them or whatever and you're like, really? So there's nothing it's just different than what you picture in your head. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know? You picture it yeah, you picture it like like I said, you think in your head it's gonna be the perfect guitar. Perfect. Like perfect. you're like you know, and then you realize, like, I guess they just picked up a guitar one day and started playing it like everybody else. And that's just what it is. We'll be right back. You still loading them and heating them up with all your single shit you've been dropping. You feel me? Loading them up on it. It only takes structure. And, and you know, just paying attention to the climate of the game. Yeah. Nah, I mean. So do do your homies uh got a role in your in your little? You mean? Yeah, yeah. We all we all artists over here, man. I'm trying. Oh, yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to get them on there. Yeah. Look, 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 look. We all artists, man. We go. You feel me? We gonna have this like. Bro, me and my man, like me and my man Kyle, we be like, I don't know, we play, we play with this <laughs> shit. Right now. This I go lie, we play with this shit right now for for. Oh, I don't don't play with it. Take that shit serious. Yeah, um, and and like you develop a touch with your own instrument, you know, like you know all the little nuances and and things that maybe you know it takes years to develop. Like a, that's something I I really believe. Like it takes a long time to develop like a personal relationship with with an instrument, you know, where you know, you know, every guitar has certain little things in it that that sometimes can be weird, you know, like maybe it'll have a little dead spot here or whatever, or you know, scratchy pots or whatever, but. Um, once you have that relationship with your guitar, though, it's like it becomes that's when it becomes a part of you, I think. Did you know it's like this weird Eddie Van Halen fact that I always thought was funny was he didn't clean his guitars and no one was ever allowed to. No, I did not know that. What do you mean? Yeah. Like clean the necks or clean, yeah, clean the... it, period. Wipe them down, clean them like it was ne- it's not allowed. So like none of his I wonder guitar- why. Yeah. You know, I, why? I, you know th- that that I know is true then the rumor parts come, you know, the reason right. why, like everyone I was talking to, cause I was actually talking to the guys that were working on duplicating his guitars. You know what I mean? Right. And, they, and that's what they were saying was that he's really hardcore about the fact, like, don't wipe anything off. Don't clean anything. Don't, you know, he just likes the grime on there. And <laughs> I wonder why, I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I know he didn't really use guitar cases. Like there's a lot of stories about him just like yeah. his guitar in his truck and going. But... Yeah. And, and no guitar stands. Like in the studio, they just leaned up against the Lent. walls and piled up on each other. 
I like that though. I think that's cool. You know, it's like it's he treats it like his guitar is like a weapon. You know, it's like just just yeah, like going to battle or something. But that's weird. I didn't know he didn't clean the things though. Especially like you get like they would do those long tours back in the day. By the end, those were probably just like yeah, covered, demolished. Yeah, just just yeah, gnarly. But that's funny. It's like you wonder. Yeah, you wonder. But Eddie always kind of like went to his own beat, beat of his own drum, you know, with everything. So you uh, you mentioned originally being inspired by acoustic guitar. Do you play much acoustic guitar now? I've been filling in with Scott Stapp the past couple of years, and we mostly do like acoustic shows. Like we just did an acoustic gig a couple nights ago. But I got a fret level done on this Martin. That's one. That was my one uh, like quarantine guitar purchase. I found like an old D thirty five for a good price in Detroit on Craigslist. Right. And uh, bought it and needed a lot of work you know like the you know his action was like a mile off the neck and you know it was dried out needed to be humidified and stuff but i got i took it to to my friend here uh that sets up my guitars whatever and he dialed this thing in man where it plays like it plays like the best playing les paul you've ever played like the action's perfect it sounds incredible um and it was really just because of a fret level you know and a good setup so when's the next show When's the next, do you know? And we can shout that out. I have a couple of things coming up with, with Scott. We're playing in uh, Vegas right before Thanksgiving, I think on, uh, I think the November 22nd. It's an acoustic show. That's pretty bad. So that's, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's always fun being in Vegas. Um, well, I can only be there for about a day and then I'm sick of it, but uh, it's a fun town. I, <laughs> so, yeah, well, it's gotta be, that. it's gotta be great. I mean, he's a double diamond artist, right? He's sold double diamond albums before it's incredible yeah it's it's sometimes it's like uh yeah it's it's a it's a pleasure playing with him man i've always been like a really big mark Germani fan as well oh, so huge a creed yeah. fan I, I i don't have no shame in it i know it's like for some reason creed got like i don't know a stigma but to me like when creed came out i thought i to me it was them and godsmack when those two bands came out i was in love um, yeah yeah when, and, I, when i was a kid man creed was as big as it big as it was at the time you know i was learning how to play guitar they're huge huge um, huge band. yeah uh, it, it's really cool yeah i love playing with scott um and uh it's one of the most one of the coolest things is you start a song and everybody knows every single word to every song of the set it's like i i've never had anything like never been around anything like that you know or he can just hold the mic out he doesn't even have to, he wouldn't even have to sing if he didn't want it didn't want to you know um so it's it's a it's a it's a blast man and playing that stuff live is is really really fun trying to yeah. trying to get it right you know I, I enjoy that like i've always enjoyed that like trying to get trying to get the guitar parts just like the record you know so that's fun so what's yeah the, that's the next that's the next thing i have coming up so we'll end on this note what's the hardest song to play what's the hardest creed type song or creed song to play hardest creed song to play yeah. um good question to be honest probably one last breath that's probably the trickiest one. The like the finger picking, it's that's harder than it sounds. I'm always like, I always, I really don't want, and it's like so well known. Like if you mess it up, it's really, really embarrassing. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, if you have a chance to try to learn that, that's like kind of an that's kind of an interesting uh, little picking pattern at the top or whatever finger picking pattern. Yeah, because I I always like asking that question about stuff like that because. Uh... I think Phil X once told me he was talking about Bon Jovi songs and he mentioned like one's really hard. And the hard part about it was it was cramp. His hand was cramping. Really? Yeah. I he, so you remember what song it was? I don't remember the song. I just remember the complaint was that it's only like three chords or two chords. So it's actually its difficulty was in its simplicity. 
because yeah. it was holding that position for so long that his hand would cramp. His hand would cramp. He couldn't get to the end of the song. <laughs> that, yeah, it's. It, I love stuff like that. You know, that's 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 a that's an interesting thing. Like sometimes you you hear songs your whole life, and then you finally go to play them and go, oh wait a minute, that's 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 a beautiful thing about uh, like transcribing music is. Um, I don't know. You like by learning it and really internalizing it, um, you you kind of get a totally different experience out of it, and you end up listening to it in a different way than you did for all those years before you know how to play it. You know? Oh yeah. Um, yeah, and some things like you go, oh, that's really easy, and then you go to learn it, and it's really hard. And the, and the opposite. Sometimes things sound crazy hard, but it's there's nothing to it. You know? Tim Pierce once told me there's a thing called guitar player DNA. The thing is, it comes out of your DNA and your lifetime as a guitar player. And that's often the hardest thing is to interpret somebody else's kind of lifetime DNA in their riffs. I like the way you just put it. Yeah, the DNA of, of every every guitar player does have a DNA, different DNA. Um, and one thing, I guess, something I tell guitar students all the time, and I guess anybody listening, um, the when you're learning a piece of music, um, you I, I encourage trying to pick up everything about what the guitar player did like all those even the really weird say they play things in a really weird fingering or they do a weird pull off when you learn something you want to learn it the exact way they played it the same fingering same position a lot of the times like if you'll you can play the same thing in different positions but it's really not the same thing you know it's there's it's different if you played it you know at the seventh fret or the second fret you know so that's that's really really learning a piece of music and if you do that with like your guitar player you really love say you're just starting out and learning how to play like no matter who you love you love acdc or van halen or whatever if you do that with a large quantity of somebody's music it's almost like you get to know them because you're learning all the little intricacies and like you're getting inside of their musical dna i guess so yeah. that's that's kind of that's what i encourage is like when you learn a song to learn you have to cop all of it the feel the fingerings everything yeah that's great advice. So we got to end on that because that's great advice. So, awesome. <laughs> Thanks, thank man. I appreciate you having me on, Phil. It's always good to talk no, to you, bro. Thank you. Thank I you, miss Sammy. You, oh, yeah. No. Like I said, I'm, I'm sure we'll see each other as the world opens back up. <laughs> Absolutely, man. So. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on, man. All right. You're welcome. Thank you. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. Cheers. Before we go, I want to let you know about this Donner Black Friday sale that they're going to be having. They've given us KYG discount codes so you guys can get 20, 25, 30% off. All you have to do is click any of the links down below to get the discounts. They're going to be on guitars, pedals, you name it, uh, and a special discount on the Richo pedal, which is a delay and reverb pedal. And I want to thank Donner for supporting videos like this. It's great to have musicians on the channel and have these great discussions. And I want to thank the sponsors that helped that happen. Happen. 